0: Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 150 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I am your host, Paul Marquis, and the title of today's podcast is called Palpation Pointers with Paul. It's a little tongue twister there. Uh, We're going to be talking about knowing what you are palpating, explaining what you are palpating, how hard or how soft to palpate, and so much more. Um, But if you would just hold for a bit, we are going to take a moment to hear word from our sponsors.
0: Do you experience leg and foot fatigue when standing for long periods of time? A main doctor and the company he founded, Mainly Technology Group, have created a high-tech all-terrain chemical-free sock designed to reduce fatigue. The Easy Glider sock has a graduated compression weave to keep blood flowing and to keep you energized. Created by Dr. Lee Thibodeau, the EasyGlider Glider is also frictionless, lightweight, warm, extremely durable, and wicks away moisture. The socks will stay fresh for days, thanks to the organic antimicrobial agent, Kytosan. Easy Glider is the only sock you'll ever need for sports, work, and leisure. To find out more, visit EZGliderSocks.com. That's EZGliderSocks.com. Did you know that over 90% of foot and ankle problems are caused by a tight calf muscle? Introducing the Easy Slant, a durable, adjustable, and portable calf stretching device. The Easy Slant was designed to increase stretching compliance and get you back on your feet and feeling better faster. So, if you work with patients seeking to ease or avoid foot pain, or clients who want to improve their athletic performance, look no further. Visit EasySlant.com to learn more or order yours today. Enter coupon code OEP for a 10% discount on your first EasySlant.
1: Hello and welcome back. So, before we start today, I just want to talk about this being the 150th episode. Now, some of you are saying, oh no, he's going to ramble. Um, And I'm going to try to keep this as short as possible. But, you know, the stats out there regarding podcasters and how many podcasters fail is crazy. Okay. Um, And when attempting to grow a podcast, it can be very, very difficult. It can be a struggle. It can be time consuming. It's not easy, and you know you have to write a script. You need to get content. You want to tag this stuff. You have to find all the material. You want to do a little bit of research to make sure that you know what you're talking about is legitimate. If you don't already know this information, um, you know you have to record it. You have to upload it. You need to add links, send emails. Um, there is a lot to do. It's really you know, you know, doing a podcast is not a huge financial, you know, uh, you know, overwhelming. Cash flow. It just it's just not that okay. It takes a lot of time. You really don't make a ton of money doing this. Um, but why do I do it? Uh, and really, to be honest, it's because I love to do it, and I love to be able to, you know talk about my experiences and bring it to your ears. You know, it doesn't matter what you might be doing, but, it, you know, podcasting is a great medium to be able to get information out there. And uh, I like to bring that experience of being a, a therapist and being a healthcare provider to all of the people basically around the world um, who are willing to listen to me and um, and hopefully utilize this information. So thank you to all of you who continue to listen and ask questions and make great comments about the topic. That, uh, that we choose and, um, do me a favor. I'd, I, I, you know, I, I'm going to make this really quick. Do me a favor and click on the tell Paul link in the show notes below. Send me an email with your favorite episode. Number one, um, Tell me what you like to do while you're listening to the Ortho Valpal podcast. I'm a big, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I do it when I'm mowing the lawn a lot. It just really helps to pass the time. Um, and then feel free to ask a question about a topic that you may want to hear something about. And I would try my very best to get it out there for you and get some, uh, some good uh, response and, um, and get things uh, going in regards to uh, the topic that you might be enjoying. Okay. So on with the show. Today I'm going to be talking about palpation and one of the first things you learn about you know when you study in the medical profession is is how to palpate okay and what you are palpating and I know you're all screwing up your faces thinking well we all know how to palpate you know it's it's basic right and not so let me tell you why number one. Some medical providers don't even touch their patients at all. I hear this all the time. You know, I might be evaluating a patient or I might be doing like a Lachman test or evaluating an ankle. And they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm trying to identify the area and the structure that, uh, you know, you're having trouble with. And they're like, well, I, nobody's ever touched my foot before. You know, and so it's important that you palpate your patients, that you identify these structures and you give them some direction. Um, so, some people don't palpate at all or not enough, and then there are others who just do a little too much poking and prodding, um, and sometimes. to to end up without having a definitive diagnosis or just to cause more discomfort um, and because you're poking so hard and poking so much and it just kind of like everything gets sore and then it makes it very hard for the patient to, you know, say, well, yeah, this is the spot that hurts the most and it can make it very difficult for you to ID that structure, you know, um, if you poke at it too much um, or if you don't poke at it enough. So that's something to remember. Okay, number two. You need to know your anatomy. And I preach this in a lot of my podcasts. You need to know the basic anatomy. Um, I've seen people poke all around a knee, but not really know what they are poking. Okay, so know the structure and think about it before you palpate it. And, and I do this all the time. I precede the palpation with a thought of what I'm aiming for. So if a hunter doesn't look through the scope and just pulls the trigger... And then looks through the scope to see if he hit his target. That's really kind of backwards, isn't it? Or let's say you're a dart player and you just throw a dart in the air toward the dartboard, but you really aren't looking at the number or the area that you're targeting. And then it just comes out to be whatever it is. That's not very, that's not a good strategy either. Okay. So think about it like that. You are, you are aiming for your target Okay, and then you're going for that target. So I'm gonna give you a little example, okay? We're gonna talk about the knee. We're gonna start with a very common, easy to palpate target here called the tibial tubercle, okay? That little bump on the front of the knee. You find that tibial tubercle, and then in your head, You think, okay, I want to follow the patella tendon. Then you use your thumb or your finger and you follow that patella tendon. Then you think, okay, I'm going to get to the patella. You palpate the patella, the anterior part of the patella. Then you go around the edges of the patella. You find those edges. And then you're thinking to yourself, okay, I want to find that medial retinacular structure. So we're going to go between the patella and the medial femoral condyle. So you're going to palpate in there. And then you're thinking to yourself, you know what? I want to find that plica, that little al dente spaghetti piece in there that is a fold in the synovium. I'm going to go looking for that. That's going to be my next target. So you palpate for that and you look for it. Um, And then from there, maybe you want to find the medial joint line because you know that the medial meniscus exists in there. So you find the tibial plateau and then you follow that joint line. And so you're always thinking about the structure before you palpate it. Okay. So name it in your head before you actually palpate it. And that will really, really help you because once you hit that target, um, it's going to be fresh in your head. Okay. I just hit that structure that I was looking for and you're going to remember it a lot better that way. Okay. Number three, ask the patient to put their finger on the sore spot first before you do any palpation or even right at the beginning of your evaluation, then keep that spot for last. All right. And why is that? Well, I like to, you know, do active range of motion, passive range of motion. Maybe I will do some manual muscle testing or some some clinical special tests. I always leave my palpation for last, okay? Um, because once you start palpating an area that may be a little on the tender side, number one, you're going to be agitating something that is already inflamed. So that could be somewhat counterproductive. But if you think about it, when when somebody has pain and it's kind of like tender, you put your finger on it. It's tender. Your A beta fibers send out messages to your brain really quickly and it pinpoints right where that pain is. And then your C fibers are like, you know, all the way up to the brain. It takes quite a while to get there. And then by the time it gets there, the the message to the brain is really vague. So like at that point, the patient's like, you know, it kind of hurts all over and I can't really pinpoint it well anymore. And so I always leave this for last because if you start with it and then you continue your, evaluation, it's going to be hard to really identify that structure. So here's another little example that I like to use. Let's say somebody sprains their lateral ankle. They have an inversion ankle sprain. It's kind of a common ankle sprain, but I always check a lot of other things first. So I always start with the proximal fibula. I work my way down And then I I go right to the point where I think they're going to be sore, then I might stop there. Then I'll go to the metatarsals and I'll check out the metatarsals, the toes. Um, I'll make sure that there are no, you know, other areas that could possibly have been injured in this scenario. And then I will start to focus in and hone in on the trouble area. And that way, the patient... You know, it gets comfortable with you first also. And that's, you know, if you jump right in there and you make them sore right away, they're going to they're going to be defensive. They're not going to be very happy with that. So start with areas that are not tender and then hone in and then get to that trouble area and you'll do much better that way. Number four, don't be afraid to tell your patient what you are palpating, okay? Don't leave them in the dark. And, and that's just a way to get the patient involved and, um, you know, kind of vested in what is happening during that evaluation. They have a little control over it. They might say, well, what is that? What is this? Um, it's a great way to converse and to kind of um, get, it, get them involved. Number five proper pressure is very important. Now, if you palpate too light, you might miss something. And I see a lot of people, they kind of palpate on the skin and they barely depress the soft tissue of the skin or maybe the underlying fatty tissue. Um, And and that may not be enough to get into the deep structures. So, you know, if, if you're doing like um, a periformis and you're palpating the gluteal and you're probably depressing a half inch, quarter inch, or so. Hey, you're not going to get into the periformis. It's a lot deeper than that. But if you're doing like, let's say, a decorvane stenosing tenosynovitis, which is really close to the skin and there's underlying bone right there, you're going to be palpating lightly. It's just going to be right there. Um, and, and the other thing you need to remember is that if you palpate too hard, you can make certain tissues on certain types of patients really, really painful. Okay. So like somebody with fibromyalgia who has a hypersensitivity to touch in the first place, they will be very sore if you're palpating too hard. Um, and they'll be absolutely miserable when you're done with them. Or let's take, for example, the IT band, you know, that is an extremely tender tissue for most people. And even like the lateral epi, you know, the lateral epicondyle where the, the extensor carpi radialis brevis originates, um, that is a, generally a tender tissue. So, you know, those. If you palpate those too hard, um, you're going to get yourself in trouble and you're going to make that patient really uncomfortable. And number six, don't diagnose with palpation alone. Okay, palpation is only a very small portion of your evaluation. You need to include special testing, manual muscle testing, um, active and passive range of motion, and many other little things that you could do to, you know, come to the conclusion when you're doing an evaluation. So again, I like to leave the palpation kind of for last. I like to make the patient comfortable first. Um, And then I'm very cautious, you know, with things like uh, an acutely inflamed Achilles tendon. You you palpate that too much and it's just going to blow right up on you. I mean, it's going to get really inflamed and irritated, and it's likely the patient's going to come in next time saying, you know what, I was really, really sore after that evaluation. So, you know, take that into consideration and remember that. So, with that being said, um, you know, feel free to practice these palpation skills on yourself, okay? Remember this, you are the best subject, okay? You're at your own disposal for twenty, you know, 24-7. You won't charge yourself anything, Um, And then you'll get a better understanding of what your patients feel, you know, uh, when they do some palpation, when you do palpation on them. So with that being said, I hope that you all enjoyed the show. Um, Don't forget to... Go back and check out some of the old episodes, especially if you are a new listener. Um, I actually got a great, great um, review today and rating from somebody who uh, sent me a message, a, a, an email, and said, "You know, Paul, I gave you a, a five star uh, on your podcast show, and really appreciate everything you're doing." And it was like exhilarating to listen to that, um, and that's what keeps me going. Um, and and and. Then I had somebody else say, you know, I'm on episode 43 and I'm going to watch every single one of these episodes because I'm a PT getting into orthopedics and uh, I'm really finding a lot of benefit uh, from listening to this. And it's just really kind of cut and dry and easy to listen to. So I really appreciate all the comments and the encouragement for us to uh, continue to do this. Like I said, we are not making a million dollars podcasting. We are, um, I do this because it makes me happy and it uh, keeps my. My fuel, you know, the, the fuel in my fire. And uh, so I really appreciate that. Um, the other thing I'd like to ask is, you know, take a peek, go into the links of the show notes and take a peek at the sponsor websites, um, the, the, the people who sponsor OrthoEvalPal and um, check them out. Uh, you know, they really help us keep this orthopedic evaluation content going on OEP. So uh, I'd appreciate if you just, you know, go ahead and take a peek, see what they have for products and um, they have great stuff. And so go ahead and check them out. And also, um, I, in the show notes, I'm going to have a link to our upcoming sh- live shoulder and upper extremity courses. We're going to be giving in October in Bangor, Maine. And um, we, it looks like we're going to be recording these. So there's a possibility that you could download them at some point in the future. So, again, folks, thank you all so much for listening and take care.
0: We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.